0: I probably was at the time, yeah. Because you have, like, a rapid-fire delivery. I know. I, and it, I got to slow down. This guy after the show yeah. said, uh, uh,
1: facetiously, he said, uh, you know, you should really speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I go, "Hey, look, man, I said, you enjoyed the show, but I go, look, man, I'm, I'm in attack mode. I'm, like, I, I I, I'm this guy, like, I don't want any silence. I, I should wait a little more. I've been doing this took so long, and I got to learn this. But my grandmother saw my first TV appearance. And she said, oh, I'm so proud of you. And then uh, I couldn't understand a word you were saying. <laughs>
2: Rock was still here, some of these widows wouldn't act so cavalier We all know that the game has changed, it's crazy out here, rap's got a bad name Think about it, what if bling never happened and the true artists were getting rich from rapping Word to God, something should give Let's delete the politics so real hip-hop can live Beef is what's up now, careers are getting shut down The media want something meaty People are f***ing greedy, music and culture is like a foreign language You'd be better off staging a fake beef in Spanglish Compadre, can you handle the whole weight? Ideal skills, watch them swallow your whole plate You used to support your fam off of this Now you can't even buy spam off of this And I don't deal with swine I ain't Dr. Phil, I'll truly help you heal your mind Nowadays, it's like everybody's losing it Instead of them preserving this gift, they're all abusing it It's mad drama, they want us reaching for the llamas Causing hysteria, the new hip-hop criteria And they forgot about the blood, sweat, and tears Now we see the results of all the crunch chicks, and bids Word to God of Big and Pac was still here Some of these weirdos wouldn't act so cavalier We all know that the game has changed It's crazy out here, rap's got a bad name Think about it, what if bling never happened And the true artists were getting rich from rapping Word of God, something should give Let's delete the politics so real hip-hop can live, live
0: Good morning, good day, whatever time of day you're listening, it is Birchwood Podcast and I'm Shane Ogden, father, husband, son, electrician, brother, uncle, I'm a lot of things. Um, And I think that's enough. Um, I uh, just got back from walking my two little dogs and they, uh, you know, are trotting along and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I haven't fed them yet because it's almost supper time And I thought, I wonder if they're wondering what they're going to have for supper. Because we do mix it up a bit. You know, we have a little bit of dry food. We mix in a little bit of wet food. And the wet food's always different to give it a different flavor, right? Because we aren't like other uh, people. Uh, We don't just drop the kibble in and same thing every day, right? And I know dogs are like kids and kids like routine. But give them a little bit of flavor, you know? One day it's carrots and lamb the next day it's you know uh beef and rice or uh you know fish and whatever carrots <laughs> whatever it is and i wonder if they wonder you know i wonder if they're like ah oh, you know i wonder what wonder what he's going to put in the dish today i i don't think i know they are sentient beings and they have feelings but I really don't think they wonder. You know, I think dogs just live in the moment. And that's why I love them. They just live in the moment, I think, involuntarily. I think they're involuntarily zen. I think they're uh, very fortunate to not have to think about the state of this meteor floating through space. This incredible planet. I made the mistake of watching the news the other day. Don't do that. (laughs) I guess koala bears are uh, functionally extinct. You ready for that one? Like, they need eucalyptus to live, and 80% of their food supply is gone. So they got some half-burned koalas in captivity right now in what's left of Australia. So, you know... Enjoy your apocalypse, everyone. <laughs> I know it's sad. I, I, that part probably bums you out. Okay, let's cheer it up a bit. Christmas is coming. Day in the halls, are you listening? And yeah, my balls are fucking glistening. You know what's going on? You can't mow the lawn. Fucking Christmas time. Okay, so what do I do for Christmas? Everybody's wondering. I know the email's just bombarding me. By the way, if you want to email the podcast, it's birchwoodpodcast at gmail.com. Pretty easy. So why don't you uh, email me sometime and tell me your um, everything. Tell me anything. Tell me about Christmas. Tell me what you're going to buy for Christmas. Me, I'm not going to buy anything. And I didn't do it last year. I did buy uh, gifts for Leashie and the kids. But other than that, I don't buy, I stop buying things for anyone, parents, sister, everyone, strangers, people at work, people give me a Tim Hortons coupon, no, I don't care, I don't want it, I don't want a gift, bah humbug, and my gift to you is if I don't give you a gift, then that is your gift, then I didn't give you it, so there's no guilt about you giving me a gift, so let's, let's just not you know, you want to give someone a gift, that's nice. You, you go ahead and do that. Me, what I started to do was I started to bake cookies and I give people cookies. That's what I did. I mean, yes, it is a gift. But, uh, you know, I make a whole bunch all at once and then I put them in tin cans and then I give them to people. And it costs a little bit of money, but nothing compared to electronics and all the bells and whistles, all the things they try to... Coax you into buying. I don't I don't even buy greeting cards at all. Not at all. I say to the person, hey, Merry Christmas. Here's some fucking cookies. And they go, Oh, thanks. And I know some people probably think I'm cheap or they you don't know, look down on it, maybe. Maybe, maybe with some people I know there's some people that get excited about my cookies. Um because oddly, I bake pretty decent cookies. So, but, come on. It's chocolate chip cookies. How hard is it? Follow a recipe. It's on the back of the chocolate chip bag. You can't fuck it up. So get yourself a bag of uh, Chippets or whatever brand of chocolate chips you desire and some eggs, brown sugar, white sugar, vanilla extract, all of the ingredients that you're going to need for Cookies, and you'll need butter too, lots of butter. Butter's the expensive thing, actually, butter and chocolate chips. But anyway, so you make you make yourself some, uh, some cookie dough balls, and then you throw them in the oven, and then POW! Merry fucking Christmas. And if you don't like it, you can shove those chocolate chip cookies right up your holiday ass. That's what I say. Hey, Rob Ross is on the show. Rob Ross is a legendary Canadian comedian, been performing for... I don't know, 25, 30 years? I forget. Maybe I asked him. You'll find out in the interview. But I want to tell you, that guy, stone-cold killer. Like, I could not even believe how hard he killed. It was unbelievable. He was absolutely the perfect choice for the premier weekend, the opening, grand opening weekend of Punchline's Comedy Club. It was amazing. And, and my conversation with him, like... I really feel uh, connected to Rob Ross in some way. You know, he's really um, got a lot of the same, I don't know, like sensibilities and and uh, and different thought processes that I have. I found that I really related to him. On the other hand, there is a part of Rob's personality that I think makes it impossible um for anyone to really know who he is. Uh, and maybe that's by design. I'm not sure. But he's always fascinating to talk to because you never know what he's going to say. Um, and he's also just a kind fellow, you know, a really kind guy. And those are rare. Uh, and and I, I find that with a lot of the comedians that I interview. Uh, just really nice people. I mean, you get humbled pretty quick when you spend years as you know a poor person looking uh, to rent a hotel room you know and not making very much money comedy is a thankless fruitless job for many years and then all of a sudden when you start getting paid good money and uh, getting booked at better venues and all these things occur then every you know then you deserve it you've really been through it and uh, Rob uh, went through the process of uh, becoming a comedian you know from open mics to uh, openers to to the headliner and now he tours the world headlining um, man what a funny guy loved it absolutely we got rave reviews from our customers he's an amazing uh, amazing comedian good uh. Good interview. It was a really good interview. I know you're going to enjoy it. Moving on, this weekend coming up, John Wing uh, from America's Got Talent will be at Punchlines Comedy Club. That's in St. John, New Brunswick, Canada. If you're interested in in your in the area, check out our website, punchlinescomedyclub.ca. All right, that's that. I actually went out and did some comedy myself the other night. I told my... Uh, Told of my experience eating lobster, uh, which I believe I shared with you guys last week. Um, And that went okay, but the one that uh, went even better was my story about um, getting the breathalyzer for the first time. So it was fun. It was fun to uh, dust off off my joke muscles, um, trying to get back out there and get involved. And that's really... What you got to do, and that's if you talk to any comedian, they'll tell you the only thing that matters is getting on stage when you're trying to uh, become a better comedian. So I'm trying to do that right now. My dog's growling for some reason. Hey, will you be quiet? I'm trying to do a podcast. Don't you understand, animal? (laughs) Um, Yeah, off the top, the music. uh, Man, I really love that tune. It's called Bad Name. Bad Name. And it's by Gangstar. Uh, that's DJ Premier and Guru. Um, and you know, because I, I needed a really good hip-hop song after Slayer last week, I needed someone to something to cleanse my palate. I do not really get down with thrash too often. I can appreciate it in short bursts. And because Pete is my friend, I decided to play Slayer last week. And I got to admit, I kind of enjoyed it. But I mean... <sighs> oof, I don't know, man, that gives me, that gives me some anxiety, you know, I feel like I should be flipping a dirt bike off of a monster, drinking a monster energy drink or something Something when it comes to the thrashy, uh, metal stuff, and Slayer is actually pretty tame, um, but no, it's called Bad Name, the song's called Bad Name by Gangstar, I first heard Gangstar, uh, when I was a kid, I was skateboarding and I watched, um, 411 Video Magazine, which was a monthly... was a really cool idea, actually, now that I think about it. It was a a monthly skateboard magazine, but it was a video. So, like, you could subscribe, and they'd send you a new VCR tape every month. Uh, And then they went to DVD, and I don't even know if they exist anymore. But basically, this 411 Video Magazine... They'd cruise around the world and they'd film skateboarders. And then every month they would put out a video. Really, really cool. And uh, anyway, I was watching 411 Video Magazine. As a skateboarding fan, I heard uh, Bust Your Shit by Gangstar. And I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this? And it was kind of my first exposure to New York rap other than the Beastie Boys unbelievable man guru's voice uh rest in peace guru unfortunately died a few years ago but uh, man his voice is just like smooth like so soothing i love it and um yeah it just he epitomizes coolness you know he's just the coolest cat ever was guru and um so dj Premier, his dj uh does all the arrangements and beats and samples and stuff. He really, really uh, one of the um, industry's hottest DJs ever and producers ever. And he um, put out an album, um, and it's called One of the Best Yet. And what he did was he found, and I'm, this is where my knowledge gets a little rusty, so I apologize I think this is the story. He got a bunch of uh, tapes that were uh, recorded um, by Guru and stuff that wasn't released yet. And he decided to take out stuff that wasn't dated and put some smooth beats to it. And uh, Bad Name is one of those tracks, and that's why I played it off the top. So, so good. I highly recommend Gangstar for all the hip-hop fans. Now, if you're not listening to rap and, uh, you know, you're into country whatever um very good co- very good right music uh, just like comedy uh, you know some people like country some people like rock and roll um i like a bit of everything i i gravitate towards hip-hop i think i always have because i i, I guess i was the, the person I don't, i'm not this person anymore but i i was the person that i was like um you know the whole world is against me or they're talking about me or just paranoia really. But at the end of the day, the truth is uh, I was always very interested in justice, you know, and a lot of hip hop was, you know, very much like talking about how to make things, how things were wrong and how to change things. And, um, and just the struggle and strife and, and things like that I really identified with, like, on this level of just feeling it. But I haven't participated in any drive-by shootings. I have never scratched a record, you know? I'm a white guy from Grand Bay, New Brunswick, Canada, you know? Uh, but life at in Grand Bay was like... Uh, sometimes the tennis courts were full. You know, <laughs> like... There is nothing about my life that has been that hard, except the struggle with uh, finances and so on. But, uh, yeah, it's just normal pressure. It's uh what do you call it, white privilege, or just privilege? What a privilege I've had of fucking working in the snow and rain today. Anyway, I work my dick off, everybody knows that about me, and, uh... Yeah, I got this comedy club going, I got the the stand-up going, I got the podcast going. Uh, Tonight, I will be stripping wire to get a little money, extra money for Christmas. And uh, yeah, what can I tell you, man? My job is insane. It's just non-stop. Uh, There was two electricians and one guy went to school and then I became the only electrician. And then uh, they started selling more generators, which I didn't know a lot about, but I'm Learning very quickly about them. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on to my fifth generator install. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've only blew up one so far. So, you know, four out of five isn't bad, right? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, that's old news. Leave it in the past, Shane. I always bring stuff up that I already talked about. It's like, uh, you know, Pappy's losing his mind and he only has four stories in the fucking Rolodex. Did I ever tell you about the time I blew up the generator? Yeah, I believe I already talked about that. Um, Happy Friday, guys. I hope you're going to enjoy your weekend. Uh, Again, if you're in the St. John, New Brunswick, Canada area, I encourage you to check out Punchline's Comedy Club this weekend. That's tonight, if you're listening to when this was released, and Saturday, uh, November 30th. Yeah, it's November 29th today, isn't it? All right, so what can I tell you? That's about it. I think I'm out of gas, guys. And I think there's plenty of conversation. This interview is uh, something that happened in uh, in his hotel room, in Rob's hotel room, uh, which I don't usually do that. I try to book conference rooms, but in this particular case, uh, we sat at the bar, we had a beer, uh, which Rob bought me a beer, very kind, uh, and, and then... The bartender said, You can take those drinks upstairs if you like. So rather than ask if we can bring the drinks in the conference, he said, Come on up. So we sat by his window overlooking uh, the, the uptown port of St. John and uh, looking out in, in the harbor, in the ocean, and uh, speaking to each other about comedy and life. And it was fascinating. So this is my conversation with Rob Ross. Rob Ross has been doing stand-up comedy in Canada for 31 years. Uh, we This interview takes a lot of twists and turns. Uh, at times it's touching, at times it's funny. He discusses his struggles with alcohol in his early days. And he uh, discusses his newfound passion for uh, performing, the importance of appreciating every moment um, that maybe he didn't appreciate in his younger party days. Uh, Rob Ross is a prolific writer, uh, one probably one of the best in the country. He uh, was a writer for television, uh, continues to uh, perform stand-up comedy, and uh, he has so many interesting parts of him. and this was a very fun interview to do. Uh, Rob Ross likes to joke around um, both uh, casually and professionally, And uh, what an interesting time, what a great interview, and I know you're really going to enjoy this two-part interview, Uh, I'm going to do another uh, part two to this next week, So, uh, because we sat for a while, and uh, it was great, and I hope that uh, I get to talk to him again someday, because it was uh, one of the great moments of my life, getting to talk to one of my comedy heroes, Rob Ross.
1: Traveling around, I can't believe I fly so much, I'm oh! Narcissistic douche. Are you one of these narcissistic <laughs> douchebags? I love the guy who shows up at the airport already wearing his neck pillow. What the fuck is this guy? Fuck fuck guy? Oh, this guy. There will not be one second of discomfort for this man. He's ready to sit. Get out of
2: this fucking guy's
1: way. He probably
2: shows up with a dentist with
1: his mouth already pre frozen. Okay, <laughs> okay,
2: okay, okay, okay.
0: I don't, I don't know what, what it is about what order of things you're supposed to do things in. It seems to me like you've done all the right things. You you were a writer for, uh, what show was that? I've done
1: lots of shows. I, here's how I knew Pete Zedlacher would do well. I hosted an amateur seminar yeah. one time, and he was on Amateur Night, And I had not prepared anything, and I was sitting there with all these amateur comics looking at me, and they're all looking at me, waiting for something. Pete Zedlacher was not paying attention and just reading a book. I said that guy's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is true. Those those seminars were.
1: They were ways of that.
0: a little bit of bullshit, weren't they?
1: Oh God, I never went. To, if I was for, I never went to one when I was an amateur. So I'm, if I would have, I would have quit. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I went to them religiously, uh, and then they asked me to do one. Eventually, I became <laughs> a headliner, which was for Yuck X, Which is not to say I was considering myself master class. They, yeah. <laughs> basically, basically the, the headliner couldn't make the flight, and they are like, yeah. can you headline? In, I always, inside, I was like, no. I but I, I told them yes, and I, that was uh, Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, the first time I ever headlined. Yeah. After I headlined, I, um, then they asked me to do this class in Calgary. Mm. So what I did was I just got everybody to get up on stage and say their name. I said, you don't have to be funny. Just say your name and something about yourself and if people laugh great but just to get the so it was more like a workshop and people came to me, up to me and they said it was the best class they ever had because it wasn't just somebody standing and talking about themselves the whole time <laughs> i can remember bobby keel man bobby keel was like oh, God. you're going to you're going to take my job i'm not going to make it that easy for you so if you really want to you better pay attention and you know like just people and then i thought after seeing the bobby keel class i thought to myself and i love i love bobby <laughs> yeah. but after seeing that i thought to myself if I wanted to be exactly like Bobby Keel, I would listen to everything he said and do as exactly as he said. So I, mean, I just did the opposite of all the advice. That he, had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he got me in a hotel room once, and uh, with a bottle of whiskey, mm. and he's sitting there, and he like clang drinking a shot of whiskey, and then he said, "Yeah, promise me you won't ever kill yourself like Marty." I was like, "What the fuck, Marty or Mickey?" It might have been Mickey, one of his friends. I had so many suicides I started. <laughs> More suicides, you that Marty or a, more suicides than More suicides you can shake a stick Let's at. See, wait, <laughs> Mickey jumped from the ninth floor.
1: Oh, Marty was on the sixth. Oh, I <laughs> ah, get a mix up. Oh my um, God. I had a good Bob kill I was opening for him in Saskatchewan. Yeah. And I wasn't a big weed smoker when I was a kid, and I smoked up with him before the show, and he was in the bathroom steaming up or getting his shave on or whatever he's doing, and I, I kind of had a little bit of a puke. And he had his nice show shirt on the bed. No. And I kind of got a little vomit on it. Oh
0: my god, he must have fucked No,
1: but I wasn't. Did I he... didn't say anything. <laughs> he didn't notice him. Did he? Get, did I kind he... of wiped it off, and it was like kind of went over oh, here. He
0: didn't notice? No,
1: and he wore that shirt. And I was watching him on the show, and he's like, oh, I peed on his shirt.
0: Oh my god, that's the fucking greatest. But then I told him later he left. But, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, later, when he had. Years later. Yeah, when he respected But at the your...
1: time, when I was a kid, he probably would have laced into me.
0: Hey, you want to hear something cool? Mm hmm. Kenny Robinson, I'm opening for him in Barrie, New- <laughs> and I just arrived in Toronto, I didn't know the subway system or anything, he's like, meet me at Young and whatever, and I, I was like, holy fuck, like, you know, I was getting out the maps, back then they had maps, <laughs> and I was like, so I figured out how to get there, I was like, so relieved, and I went to jump in his car, he's like, uh-uh, open sit in the back, <laughs> like, so I sat in the back, Kenny Robinson in front, I was terrified, oh. never more terrified in my life. Then I did okay yeah. uh, Opening for him So he was like Okay you earned your place In the front seat oh,
1: God I can tell someone else's story It's not my story Paul Meyerhawk? Oh yeah Really funny Alberta comic Told me He was working with Big John Woodbury The big biker Oh my oh, fuck The maniac We were talking about him at lunch Let's just
0: tell Woodbury stories Oh god
1: <laughs> And so it's the same thing Woodbury wouldn't learn Paul's name Cause you know how hard, hard A name Paul is to learn <laughs> And he would call him, opener! He's like, opener, meet me in the lobby at 7 in the morning. Opener! And he'd call him opener all the whole time. So they got in an accident. What? There was an accident where I think, I might get it wrong, but Big John Woodbury's shoulder got popped out in some kind of crash.
0: Holy shit. And even then he was going, opener! Pop my shoulder back in, opener! <laughs> You couldn't pop that shoulder guy. Oh, His God. shoulder in with a crane. That was a big man. Too much hair on it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So one time I had to drive uh, B.J. Woodbury because I was opener. To the insane asylum. Well, and then um, he's like, take this dirt road. It's way quicker. It's like a sh- shortcut, he says. So we're on this dirt road. It was a horrible road. It was such a, and I don't know, might have saved us 10 minutes. The whole, that whole <laughs> dirt road. He threw ketchup packets in my face. <laughs> it wasn't even funny. It just it became more and more irritating. Yeah, and uh, I'm like, "Why are you doing that?" And he just kept throwing ketchup packets at my face. That was a fucking weird. And it, like, that's when I knew, like, okay, this guy's weird.
1: Well, the, yeah, like when I if you're if
0: you're gonna insult me and shit, like Kenny Robinson right. had some style and finesse. Yeah, you know, what I mean? sit open and sit in the back, and even it's like it sounded like a song. It was yeah. fun, but but uh, that. Mm-hmm. throwing ketchup packs. In your well, face. also,
1: it's more acceptable when it's Kenny <laughs> Robinson and he's a really good comic who writes, yeah. who writes his <laughs> exactly. own material, and you kind yeah. of want to be like him. Whereas Big John Roberts <laughs> telling street jokes, and you're like, why is a street joke comic throwing condiment packets at my face?
0: He he also uh, smelled awful but I wonder if he's okay. <laughs> I wonder about these guys. Like, I I, I don't have any hate for B.J. No, there he's a nice know. man to me. But he, uh, I wonder if he's still performing. Do you I ever wonder think that? I don't think.
1: I've never heard. No. I live in Ontario, and I have never heard his name anywhere. I Jesus. think he just lives up north and does whatever people who live up north do.
0: Yeah, okay. Tra- that makes sense.
1: Trap things.
0: <laughs> yeah, he probably traps sure things like, and grows weed. He's probably all right.
1: Probably working as a mechanic or I don't know. I think he was had some mechanic skills. He but, might even do the odd gig. Sure. I always thought, I saw his. I'm on, are we talking, on this podcast, are we, are we stand-up comics? Yeah. Are talking about comedy? Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> when I first saw We are him, who we are, man. We are in a trailer park, so I didn't know. But the point is, his personality on stage, he should have been one of those um, blue-collar tour guys, you know? Like, yeah. Because uh, he, he had this personality. He actually
0: had a great stage presence. Yeah. Didn't I, he? I was like, too bad, like, for all the shit he took and all the, you know, yeah. but he deserved a lot of it. He brought it on himself. They, but. People just loved him,
1: but, yeah. and he was funny occasionally, but like, yes, yeah, just doing old jokes you shouldn't do. Just come up with some
0: jokes. Tell some real stories, because they would work no matter what you say, it would work. Last night, there was a moment in the show when you hit a huge laugh, and then you swiped the sign punchlines, <laughs> and it was the most well-timed thing I had ever seen. Yeah. Did you recognize that as a moment? I forget which. I did. I, I remember doing that. Because it was such a big laugh. And then you just went, eh? <laughs> you pointed at the sign that said punch. See? That's what I did. Uh, yeah. It was such a great moment. I just wondered if you were conscious of it or. I probably was at the time. Yeah. Because you have like a rapid fire delivery. Yeah, I know. And I, I got
1: to slow down. This guy after the show yeah. said uh, uh, facetiously, he said, uh, you know, you should really speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I look, man. I said, you enjoyed the show. But I go, look, man, I'm, I'm in attack mode. I'm, like, I, I, I'm this guy, like, I don't want any silence. I, I should wait a little more. I've been doing this too, so long, i got to learn this. But my grandmother saw my first TV appearance, and she said, oh, so proud of you. And then uh, I couldn't understand a word you were saying. <laughs> You're talking so fast. I don't
0: know what to oh do. Like some people can catch it. I don't know. I don't uh, talk too fast. Well, it kind of, it's like a double-edged sword isn't it because you get a lot of sub laughs that turn into big laughs like i think if you slowed down too much yeah you, you would get good laughs but they wouldn't be as big at because you do a lot of like asides yeah. you, know, you know those punch lines that are like you know they, they they're little throwaways it wouldn't mean much on their own but when you combine them and do a whole bunch of them you kind of get this machine gun laughter from the crowd and because yeah. i love the way you like go yeah, you, you you do that. You 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 know you, you kind of you're you're like uh, getting a bunch of attention. You're getting everyone to listen. Then you do this setup and punch. You're so close together. I, I really yeah. Have you ever examined your style at all? Ever? I don't know. About I,
1: it? Only the last year have I started doing this with I, I do this with my fingers. Or I move my fingers around really rapidly and I go yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 and, it, and it's like I'm impatient. Like, come on, come on, come on. It's like, you're, you're waiting for the words. You're trying to get the words. in, Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I've never watched myself, so who knows?
0: Oh. Well, but that, that's the great advice from all the comedy don't watch wisdom people. Listen to yourself. Listen, but don't, love, don't watch. Don't watch. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you listen, you learn, and if you watch, get you to get depressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see myself. But, I, yeah, I could listen. I, How
1: long have you been doing stand-up? My first time on stage was probably 30 years ago. When I was
0: 18. Oh, sorry, no. 31 years ago. 18. Take me back to an 18-year-old Rob Ross. What oh, were you like? I animal. was a virgin. So nothing's changed.
1: I'm just gonna cry for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am son. I wish I was a, No, my son. My son's a virgin, he's nine. <laughs> Ten, sorry. Uh, no, I was a yeah, I was a As he should be. Oh yeah, hopefully. Uh, God, I hope it is. But um I was eighteen. I was I was pretending to go to university. I somehow got into university, like a pretty good university. And I pretended not to I was my, I had a car <laughs> my dad paid for, it. And I would drive there, and I'd park it at my mom's friend's house, barely, go, I would not go to classes, i kind of just sit around writing comedy and not know what I was doing, and then um, finally went on stage, but I was not, I, I had not been talking to any high school friends, I had not talked to a, a person in a year outside, I was not talking at all, I was just walking around. You consider yourself antisocial? <laughs> I was then, yes, for sure, then, I used to get made fun of all the time. And, uh, goes, why? I just sat in the home, and, uh, yeah, I, my sister was there. We, uh, she was my, basically, only only friend. We just talked. We'd watch, uh, we'd step watching Letterman, and, and uh, we liked the same comedy. And, and, uh, basically, I kinda didn't, I knew what I was gonna do, but I just didn't know how to do it. And I remember heard my parents going, um, why is he home on a Friday night? He's 18. Shouldn't he be, like, getting Partying or with this old, but not partying, but doing things with friends. I like, go. He doesn't talk to those guys anymore. Are I, uh,
0: you saying that your your mom was kind of calling you a loser? Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. Or like, why is he, yeah, basically. I'm telling. My friends when I was like 17, I was in my literally on a Friday night, sitting in my bed with my notebook just writing, and my cat is sitting there. And on on Friday, like I don't know what time, it was probably nine o'clock on a Friday, and they jumped up on the garage and went into and banged on my window and tear and looked up. I was like. That's not what you expect to see. It's like <laughs> this guy riding on a bed with a cat. And they go, get out here, we're going out, we're going to this party. I go, ah, okay. So I went out, I had my pajamas on. <laughs> so I put on this silk robe that I had, and I just went out in my pajamas in silk Road to, to, and Silk robe. Does this guy I think he's Hugh Hefner or something? I walk around. But that night I went skinny dipping with uh, those two guys and a, a kind of a, a large lady. And that was, so was when an, you were 18. It was an experience. Yeah. Still a virgin. Lots to write
0: about. It was weird, <laughs> but like, I don't want to. Dear diary, this cat is freaking me out. <laughs> but I, I'm sure they thought they'd jump up. He's probably jerking off. Loretta like, looks bigger in this bathing suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: well, okay. Wow, that's but amazing. Then yeah, and then I never talked. I went and finally started doing stand up, and now I got all these new friends. They're all older than me, right? So I was like the kid, and they're all in their twenties now. And then I started drinking a lot. <laughs> okay. or, yeah. No, no, not, no, not back then really, but. Um, Never told my friends I did stand-up. Never told my parents, really, for a while. And then... Uh, you were a closeted comedian. Yeah. <laughs> my last show before I went to Toronto for the first time was in West End the Mall. And my best friend from high school, who knew I, like, who, he'd read my jokes all the time. And we'd talk about Letterman, and he'd read my stories and jokes and show them to people. He was in the crowd, but I hadn't talked to him in a year. And he was there. And I was like... "Did <laughs> He never and mentioned I, it? No, and I didn't... I don't think he knew I was there. He's just was there. Oh. And I was open for this Seattle guy, and it was an okay show, I guess. And I just, well, I didn't talk to him. Then years later, our other best friend, was when I was headlining the Edmonton Club, I said, was Troy Harmer at a show I did? And he goes, yeah, oh yeah, he was there. (laughs) And I said to him, I go, hey, how's Troy? I said, how's Troy? This is my best friend in high school. And he goes, (laughs) well, you know, his sister killed herself. Uh, She was a prostitute. Uh, She killed (laughs) herself. Oh no, she got murdered. Sorry. Oh my god. She got murdered. It gets worse. Then the mom killed herself and tried to burn the house down, but then killed herself. And the dad's a, a sort of—I uh, think he had a heart attack. And then, um, and now Troy has five children with five different women, and he lives in Hamilton. Oh my god. I was like, oh my god. And Then Warren says, but he says hi. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was like, what do you say to that?
0: Say hi back. <laughs> Tell him I'm praying for him. My sad. God, five children with five different women. Oh, what a that's nightmare! That's what Warren told me. Even five children, full stop. That's a full nightmare. But five we... children with five different women. Oh my God! <laughs> Throw me in the Bay of Fundy.
1: He's a white guy. Yeah, but um, <laughs> that's the fact. But um, <laughs> should I put a flag there? Yeah, I put a flag on it. I don't care. No, um, I, oh. I was trying to be inappropriate. But yeah, he's that guy. I got in a fight with him because he, he was mad that I was a virgin. He thought I was gay. Okay. Because he was always having sex since he was like fourteen or fifteen. I was like, I'm not gay. He goes, you want to touch? He's dropping me off at my home. He goes, you want to touch my cocker dad, don't you? I go. No, I'm not. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, yeah, you fuck, you want my cock? And I go, just fuck off, don't, do no, call me again. So
0: I just got it. That's the last time I talked to him. I don't blame you. That's yeah. that's a good reason to end a friendship. But he was
1: it? a good, like he was a charming guy. He was like a good athletic guy. I, I played sports. Though. I was pretty athletic. But he was a good athlete. Just from the wrong side of the tracks. Just like, my parents loved him because he was like a. This is an old reference, but Eddie Haskell. Remember that? Like if you ever saw Eddie on the old Leave It to Beaver, that was him. Oh, Eddie was like the, the, charming, bro- the brother. No, he was the the friend. who was a real weasel.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: That was that was Troy.
0: But he I, was, just, he was I remember the Beeve and his brother was always giving him a hard time because his brother was like yeah a, jo- a jock, wasn't he? Like this blonde jock. Yeah, but I he, think he was blonde. He was black and white. I can't tell, but I think so. I, I
1: I'll never see this Troy guy again. But he, you know, he had a car and I didn't, and he uh, always
0: had a gun in his car. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> He, he pulled it out a couple of times, like a rifle, like a hunting rifle. <laughs> He's, and then he was like, you want to suck my gun, cock, don't you? And you're like, uh, I can't talk to this guy anymore. And
1: I went, oh, because his sister was a prostitute. And I, we were at her apartment. I didn't know. And he goes, uh, we, we got to leave because someone's coming over. Who's coming over? Her, her boyfriend? And then he explained to me. <laughs> her boyfriend? <yeah. laughs> no, it's not her boyfriend. <laughs> oh. And then we were at the house one time, and she was there. And, and he was like, I talked to her, and she'll have sex with you. Yeah, because, you know, cause, you know you, you, yeah, that sucks. i go, what? Yeah, she'll do it. She doesn't mind. I go, not... I,
0: she doesn't mind. Not for money
1: or anything. She'll still have sex I go, I said, no. She's...
0: Yeah. And now you're wondering... I hope, know, I, wondering I hope he's not a big fan stands. of this podcast. <laughs> Actually, I don't care if he's a fan of this podcast. These are all true stories. Yeah, maybe, you know, who knows? She might be up for it now. You know? Oh, What's, it's been 30 years, so... No, she's dead. She's... Oh, oh no. She's the one who got murdered. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm laughing out of nervousness, but it's not good. I don't think it's funny. Me either. I I find dead prostitutes the least funniest thing in the world. My friend my friend Kelly Dixon, you know who that is? He's a comedian. I know of this Kelly Dixon. I talk, He's one of my good friends. Now, Kelly Dixon, has he not been <laughs> in a few scuffles? Yeah. Okay, I've heard that he's... I don't know. I'm not going to say anything bad about him or good about him. <laughs> but I heard that he's been in some scuffles. I don't know about that. Like I don't know. The, I mean, he you wouldn't back is. down from one for sure, but no, no, no. is he like a hockey guy? Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's good. But he's, he, he moved to the states with the bag, and but he's also really funny. Oh, isn't yeah he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, these are things because I I came up in Alberta ish, so I was in Hamilton too for a couple of years. Yeah, but like right around two thousand between say two thousand and one and two thousand and eight, that those are the years that I yes. was touring and. Yeah he so, been gone by then. But... Yeah, so I this is why I didn't hear about him. But he's a good friend of yours, anyway. You were gonna say
1: he had a funny story about a guy who bullied him in the school all the time. It's like about why murder can be funny. This guy a <laughs> went on to be a thug, of course, drug dealer, or whatever. But he got murdered in some dr- whatever, and they found his head under a bridge. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and then Kelly, the way Kelly tells it, because he knew the guy, and he was found. like, when he, when Kelly heard that, he, the way Kelly says it, he's reading the paper, and he just went.
0: Yes! Is <laughs> yeah. it a bully? Yeah, he's like,
1: fucking good. You ever fly to Halifax? It's ex- exciting for someone who lives in Toronto. You can buy a live lobster. <laughs> oh, I flew with this live lobster. I was excited. I tell you, man, I'm, I'm a nervous flyer. I was so relaxed with this lobster on the plane. I'm like, I'm never, I'm going to be able to fly this everywhere. I'm, okay, this is my emotional support lobster from now on. Like, I love it. I'm telling you, I got home that night, ate my dog. I don't care. That's right. What's that dog done for me lately? I'll tell you, that's right. Oh my god. I was like, I'm like, Sounds sounds about right.
0: Yeah. Like uh, I would I'm not feeling sorry for that guy either. That's right. So you you started Stand Up uh, you say approximately thirty years ago. You were eighteen when you started Stand Up? Yeah, so it would be thirty one years ago. Wow. And so tell me about I should be that. a lot better. <laughs> Do you, no, you're amazing. Do you, tell me about the first time you ever did it. What was that like? Uh, I told my mom I'd, been to, I'd gone to the Yuck
1: Yucks there. It was the Yuck Yucks. Toronto? Yeah. No, in Edmonton. So I'd gone twice <laughs> just to watch the show. And my mom, I didn't have a car then. And my mom drove me. It's not even close to where but Right across Edmonton. <laughs> she dropped me off. I said I was just going to see the show this time as well. But then I actually went on. Signed up and uh, <laughs> I went on and I was so nervous I didn't know whether to hold them. I'd never been on stage doing anything ever, not in school, you know. So I was like, took the mic off the stand, put it back on the stand. <laughs> I maybe got, I maybe told three jokes. It was just me getting used to being on stage, and there was lots of laughing because I was so nervous, right? Chris Finn, who's a good friend of mine still, was the host, and uh. Yeah, nothing like, hey, this guy's got... Protect-. It was just like, okay, come back next week. Don't wear a white shirt. <laughs> All this stuff. Okay, I got it, I got it. But next week I come back. That was really my first time on stage. Because I killed. I was like, <laughs> I, I, okay, I knew what to do now. I'm going to just leave the mic or whatever. And I told these jokes. I memorized them. And they did really well. And then the uh, the headliner
0: wanted me to write for him After it, your second time ever doing
1: stand-up. Yeah. That. And uh, he was like, Oh. And I was like, so I went
0: to the comedy condo with all my notebooks. I had thousands of pages of jokes. I was
1: just like,
0: Wow, you already had yeah, a, yeah. A thousands of pages and of they numbered them, like r- before you even did stand up. Yeah, like
1: thousands of pages.
0: So you kind of knew that you were going to do this.
1: Yeah, well, not I wasn't that sure about it, but the, the, the only value these this material has is if I do it. So I just I didn't want to be on stage. No, you'd rather write. Yeah, but now I like being on stage. Like it took me a long time
0: to get comfortable. Yeah, like I still get nervous, but. Uh, so does uh, a lot of successful comedians. Yeah. Uh, Harlem Williams. When I spoke to him, mm. he actually said that he never has a drink before a show, mm. and and you see him like uh, before a show, he's like kind of, he I, I don't know how to describe it. You're crouching. You're you're still on your your feet, but you're like bending your knees, yeah. and he's breathing. And I was like, are are you still are you nervous? And he said. Yeah. Always nervous, buddy. I'd be worried if I wasn't, yeah, you know. that's like, true. I, I, yeah. It is a good feeling. Like, last night, I was like, uh, who was the comic, the uh, really funny middle guy? Uh, well, there's two. but You mean the guy just before? Yeah, me? yeah. Uh, Chris Hovey.
1: Chris, I, he was very funny. And I was like, uh oh, he's a little
0: too funny. <laughs> 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 and I go, "Now, come on now. Uh, I was
1: like... <laughs> and I follow a lot of people, but I'm like, oh, you know, maybe he's going to be the... He'll be the crowd favorite. I've got to go do my... But then, you yeah, know, but it was... It was a great crowd, But, like, yeah, I get like that all the time. But, um... uh you so see you get nervous, and- I do have a drink before the show, but, see, when I was... I'd been doing this a long time, but there's guys who've been doing it as long as me who've done it ten times as much as me. Yeah. Right, because I had a day job writing comedy for 20 years, pretty much, different shows, and then... Uh, didn't do much stand-up, and when I got a gig, like, say I was coming out here, it would be a party to me. It'd be like a vacation, you know Yeah, what I mean? yeah. I wouldn't take it seriously. I can't believe some of the fucking shit I did to people who are like you, starting a club yeah. or, or running a club. And I was like, this is my, I'm, I'm day drinking. You, you felt know? like you were fucking around. Yeah, it's like, I'm yeah. on vacation, man. This is I'm going to spend all this money in your town and you should be thankful I'm here. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, not yeah. taking, I'm not taking into account the people who got babysitters and uh, you know, came out to the show and the people running the show. And yeah. I would do good shows, but sometimes I would just be a little, not on my game, like a little slurry and drunk and not really caring. So you and, felt like you should have cared a little more. Yeah. So at that, certain times. Because it's not that I didn't care I just didn't try because I
0: thought ah, okay so you're just, ah,
1: this is nothing to me not nothing but it's it's, it, I'm not I don't rely well, on well it this.
0: was kind of your side gig because yeah. you, were, you were getting now a TV I, writing now, gig and now I
1: uh, now <laughs> I in the last few years when I've, I've been doing more of this than writing so I, I've started to care more about it and try harder and actually think about it and then yeah. think and just doing that in this late stage of my career things start happening people start noticing and you start getting all these things and so I should have done that a long time ago so that's my advice. Well, there you
0: go. Yeah, and take... take it
1: seriously. Don't fuck around. Uh, yeah, like Harlan says, don't get drunk and go on stage. I used to be able to do it when I was a kid. And I I remember, you know, uh, Zoe from Just for Laughs uh, once said to me, she goes, uh, you're a really good drunk comic. You're one of the better drunk comics. <laughs> 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 that's not good. I wasn't. <laughs> no, I mean, you can have drinks and go on. I go, oh, fuck.
0: And that's how crippling addictions
1: start. <laughs> I know. But then I was like... Uh, I think it was Zoe who said that, or was it her husband? Whatever. But it's true. I, I shouldn't... <laughs> don't be... It's like, you're, you're a really good drunk surgeon. Yeah, it's right. No, no, yeah. You don't want to be a drunk anything. That's it's right. for after the show. <laughs> but yeah. like, um, yeah, so I learned that. It's not a part... It's it's supposed to be fun, but it's a you know, different kind of fun. And being like uh, sober on stage... I know I'm having a beer in the afternoon, but uh, when you're so... Like, my mind works better. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I can think of things faster, and I'm not worried... Yeah, you do think quick on your feet. Yeah, but not when you're. I could do it up until about when I was forty, and then it started going south. I even got fired from a club because I was uh, out of it on a Thursday. You were drunk. I was kind of being drunk, but I was also exhausted. But yeah, from not sleeping the night before, and I flew across the country, and
0: just didn't work out.
1: What happened was this is like this is like a turning point for me because I was like uh, I was in Halifax. Yeah. The week before I was working on the Canadian Country Music Awards. Those were like 13 hours days and so I flew back to Toronto and they're still working on this other thing. And then I came back to do the Halifax Club. And I had one hour of sleep. And I said to myself, I'm gonna gotta get a nap, but it was such a beautiful day. It was October fifteenth, I remember the date. It was beautiful out. It was like sixty degrees and I'm, so I went, No, I'm gonna walk along the pier. i gonna get some so I had a few beers in the afternoon. Not that many, really. Like maybe over the course up until the show, maybe three or four pints, but I didn't get any sleep or eat any food, <laughs> and I was like, "I'll just, I'll, 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 I don't nap really, so it's fuck the nap, I'll just go to the show." Didn't drink at the show, went down, but I was like, "I did have some wine in my room, so at this point, maybe all day, I've had six drinks, which isn't that many for me, but without the sleep and without the food, I was fine when I went in there. and Then I got on stage, as soon as the light hit my face, I went." I blanked out. I couldn't remember a fucking thing. I couldn't remember really? my entire, I, I tried to tell a Halifax story that worked once and then nothing. And then I couldn't think of any jokes that I tell. Wow. My And it wasn't so much being drunk, which they, they said, who's this drunk? But it was more exhaustion with with alcohol added in. Right. And
0: I they cut me off. It's got to get off.
1: <laughs> and like, you were
0: the headliner. Yeah. Wow. Who did they send somebody else? Up? Well, what happened was I
1: went back to my room. I said, "I'm going to hear about this," and I did. I got phone calls right away. Are you? What's wrong? What the fuck happened? And okay, you're not getting paid for that show. I go, "That's fine. That's fine. I'm not getting paid for that. That's fine. I'll kill tomorrow. Don't worry about it." And the agent was like, "Okay, get these things happen. Whatever. You'll kill tomorrow." And Bre- I even talked to Breslin on the phone, Mark Breslin, and so I was talking. I was talking to all my friends. I was just like in tears. I was like, "This
2: I've, never I don't, happened before. I don't feel good about this. This is. I've had
1: some sl- sloppy shows." That <laughs> in my day, but not like that. I don't know what happened. I'm, I was determined. Okay, I'll just go in there and kill Twar. I felt embarrassed going back in there. So, all that happened was, and I'm outside the little lounge right outside the door where people are lining in. Yeah. And I got my set list out. I look probably terrible because I had a rough night, you know. And I'm just like, look, studying my set list. I'm going, this, 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 this. But I'm sitting at the lounge. So, I go, do you want anything? I always feel like you should have something. So I'm like, just give me a Coors Light. I hadn't had any drinks that day. But the fucking guy who cut me off the night before sees me drinking a Coors Light. He goes, what are you doing? Getting ready for the show. What are you talking Okay, you're done. You're done. He just, he said, you're not going on. You're, you're drinking. I go, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been drinking. And he, he said, we got other plan. We got, we got a, a a backup plan. So he threw out a local. <laughs> I was so pissed off. Oh my God. Said, just take the weekend off. And I go, I was, so you just charge people for a person who's not a headliner. I would have killed that night. Trust me. I would have killed, and then Saturday would have killed. Yeah. And they cut me off. And that's why I'll never play the Halifax Yoke
0: Just because of that moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then I said, although I did, I felt so bad, I paid the airfare back. Wow. Yep. That was classy. And uh, I offered to come back and play the show, the club for free. They said to Breslin, I'll go back there and play it for free. Right? And then... Um, they acted like they were doing me the favor, <laughs> and then I said. Eventually, they said, "Oh, we want him back. We've heard he's doing really well now." Because I, I, I went on a killing streak from then. I said, "Okay, never get sleep, don't drink, be healthy when you go on," and I killed from that. From that, it was probably twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. I just started killing. I said, "I'm not. That's not going to happen to me again." So
0: it was. It was good. It was a, a good call. It, But I. It's a wake up call. You know, you got a job to do. But then, know? yeah, and was, you're doing it, man. Like I know the but, show last night. It, some people were saying it's the best show they've ever seen us do. You know, that's that's quite a compliment. Do, yeah. you, do you understand who we've had? Like, I don't, I don't, if you see, like, um, <clears throat> I wonder if Julie still has that. We had a wall of fame at Chuckles. I know you have some big ass Yeah, like man, like Quigley, uh, DiGiovanni Giovanni, fucking Payne. Um, Mullinger, like all these people that always are notorious for yeah, yeah. getting the crowd amped up. like mm-hmm. And there was people last night, our regulars, like, that was the best show I've ever seen. So, like, That's nice. it's kind of a testament that uh, you're not some yeah, well, it's drunk a... fucking... Oh, no. No, no, no. But, it, <laughs> you know, what, it is... Yeah, yeah, no. I'm... One bad moment, and then the fucking guy... It was wasn't just... just... That
1: was the worst one, but there have yeah. been a few before, like, I do a gig and... They'd say he was drinking. It was like some cottage gig, and everyone was drinking. They were giving us drinks, and it was an outdoor yeah. show, too. We had fun. And I thought, well, that's a pretty good show. Yeah. And, the, and the owner complained to my agent that I'd been drinking. And I said, and the agent said, was he funny? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was funny, but he would have been funnier. <laughs> and I went, well, yeah, who knows. But, yeah, like, yeah you're definitely funnier when you're not sloshing around. Oh, Slosh. well, Mini Cooper's little smart cars, little Echo's and shit. they try to take it on the real highway. <laughs> Listen, keep that shit on the sidewalk where I belong. So if I don't you you're on the road highway, you can't see him. I'm driving up to North Baylor and saying, Millennial freak, Lion Green Mini Cooper, okay? <laughs> <laughs> His actual custom plate, avocado.
2: Okay?
1: Yeah. And so I try to drive over
2: my truck, I crash one front of the fender. I'll, well. hey, hey, he's whack-a-moly. Come on, come on. Let's Okay, yeah,
0: there you go. Okay, so go. Slurring, and yeah. I did a, a show high once. Well, I should say, mm-hmm. I was on stage. <laughs> Nobody did a show.
2: You should just say.
1: <laughs> I did a show on, uh, I've done a show on cocaine.
0: That was good. <laughs> I, d- I don't think you want to speed up Rob Ross, though. No, I fucking, I felt like I was a Robert Plant. <laughs> like I felt, hey? Was, you thought you are doing guitar solos with your mouth? It was right before,
1: oh, fuck, man. <laughs> I was headlining the Toronto club, and it was packed. And this door guy who used to give me cocaine—I, I, I, I do, I've done cocaine not that many times, but once in a while—I admit to that. Not anymore, ever. But like, you, you want a bump before you go on? We went upstairs to the it's office. Pretty
0: tempting. Yeah. I'm like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? Just did a bump. And uh, I did I, right away. I'm like, and then, but my nose was running from it, and I had to go on. And I was like, oh, fuck, they know, and I'm, I'm doing this. Fuck. And it was awkward. Man. I thought this is gonna shit. The- I'm gonna shit the bed, but then I just went fuck it. I, <laughs> and I like just started firing on it. Oh, there's the Santa Claus parade going by your trailer park. Oh,
0: cool.
1: But the point is this <laughs> I just started firing on all cylinders, and I don't know how I was thinking of things so fast. And uh, it, I just killed. I was, was like, I just like <laughs> now I know why like, fucking rock stars do this. Yeah, <laughs> I was and the there was a nightclub upstairs, and they actually were like. What's going on down there? Oh wow! Because I, I was like,
0: <laughs> "That's killing so hard." I know. I was like, "Is this a, me? I'm a I'm shy. I think what we've learned today is that drugs are good, but And alcohol. Should
1: do, them. <laughs> do the drugs before the show, kids. Drink afterwards. Do drugs before the show. Alcohol to get you to sleep. i i And you'll have a great, a great career. <laughs>
0: I'm. Uh, I've got a real problem with uh, marijuana. Yeah, no one does. It. It seems like everybody says that it's non-addictive but I gotta tell you I love it I love it so much yeah um, because it it really does make me giggle like a child and uh, the thing about it is is I love that feeling Mm. I guess that's why they call it high yeah I love it but 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 I don't do it so much as you I I stopped in October because I was you know following the, the sober October trend and I actually had a hard time I really did. Like no. I was like, "Fuck!" I just want to get. I just want to take a brain vacation. I don't want to think about all these horrible things. Oh, yeah. um, so in your party days, do you do you think <coughs> were did you have party days?
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah, um, but, it was more drinking than drugs. But you said forty, hmm?
1: you noticed a change, like right around. Well, I 40. just I just use that number, but I'm forty nine, so. Yeah, I, actually, because I was working at MTV when I was forty, so we drank a lot. Like we, everyone there was—I was probably the oldest guy. I started there at thirty-six.
0: Yeah, but working with people a little younger than me, but we we would drink every day. So you're working at MTV. Yeah, yeah. Where's that at? It was in Toronto. In, in Toronto, it was, it was in, MTV Canada. Yeah, for the most part, it was at Young and Davenport. Okay, and so you go, you'd go in there, and you had a cubicle. Or a table. No, no, we
1: just said, well, we, a was, room. we had an open office, I'd sit with the hosts, yeah, and the segment producers, and we'd just fuck around all day, and our bosses were like, really, well, our, they're my age, we're just friends, and they were like, what do you want to do today? I don't know, do anything you want. All right, <laughs> we just do whatever we want. And then, if you said to my, my, technically my boss, Alex, who I sat with, I sat with him as well, you know, just these weird little islands of tables and He's like, it was Tuesday, and I go, oh, man, I we went to the strip, cla- strip club last night, and we got hammered. It was, oh, man, I'm a little rough today. He goes, why didn't you invite me? <laughs> why didn't you tell me you were going? Because we were next to this nice strip club, and the female hosts, female producers, we'd all just hang out there. And we'd have booze on our,
0: like, uh, desks all the time, and just uh, drink a lot. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you think about this, uh, ch- the changing climate and uh, political correctness? What do you think is happening there, and, and how are you reacting to it? Oh,
1: um,
0: yeah, I, I think I said I, I never knew I was
1: edgy before in, until the last few years. People are like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I, don't, I never thought of it. I never thought of myself as edgy. I think of like Jason Rouse as edgy, if you know who that is. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. well, I know you do. I'm sitting here, oh, listeners, audience, but. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was like, I don't know. I don't care. I've gone through enough. I'm going to say whatever I want. I, maybe I dialed back a few things.
0: But you know, you've, you've got some jokes where you point at someone and say, <laughs> what kind of Asian are you? I never do that, but I knew he was cool. But the, the thing is, that's... No, I said what brand of Asian are brand? you? What brand? Yeah. So like, that's, there's nothing inherently wrong no. of that, of saying that in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that today people get so nervous that, yeah, but that
1: that's it you know what I mean. That's why it helps having Asian people in the crowd because I've done a story about my real Chinese landlord. It's a, I did it last night. It's a true story. He thinks it's funny. His family thinks it's funny. I've done it on TV on CBC TV and radio. No one's ever complained. Uh, and when there's Chinese people in the crowd, they love it. They li- they, they like that you know something about. It's not like stereotypical driving jokes or math jokes. No, no, it's it's like a
0: real the, story. The four the the na- the uh, number four in Chinese. Has to do it. It sounds like our word for forest sounds like their word for death. Yeah, and, and and that's the premise. Yeah, yeah. The idea,
1: but and there's other stuff too. But it's yeah. true stories about the And he was a great guy, and he still is.
0: Yeah. And uh, was, I think it's funny. And I didn't know these things. Is that a seal down there? Do you see around the corner? There's a couple of things, or is that a bird? Huh. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I, 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 we need to see the seals up close. I think I saw one today at the restaurant. I mean, <laughs> not at the restaurant. I mean, at the window, right on my plate. You're <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was, he was having an elk burger.
0: But uh, yeah, this—I don't know. It, what are we talking about? Uh, this. Oh, just, well, yeah, the, yeah. the climate now.
1: I don't. Worry. You know what? It's going the
0: other way now. People are tired of this shit. They don't. People... I think it is going the other way and, a little uh, bit, despite uh, <laughs> despite the recent thing with Don Cherry. But that's a different thing. But like. Uh,
1: yeah, like I was telling you, I got a complaint letter. When I, oh, two, really? About that story about Chinese people. Oh my god! Um, for the first time, I've been doing it maybe at least twelve years, maybe longer. A version of it. And I was headlining the downtown, and great show. Next night, Breslin takes me into the green room. I got to tell you about this letter I got. And, uh, don't take it seriously. He's like, well, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. i going to talk to you about it. And then this woman wrote how oh, I was stereotyping Chinese people. It was a long letter.
0: Was she Chinese? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the point. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, um,
0: okay, what? <laughs> what is it with white women defending
1: other cultures? I, know. Though? <laughs> I was laughing last week. I said this in Winnipeg. I said I sometimes do a joke about girls being bisexual, and, and I just go, "You two kiss." And, just, and this girl goes, "Usually, I just laugh." And I go, "Yeah, yeah whatever." <laughs> These two, two attractive girls in the front row, and I said, "You two kiss," and she goes, "She got actually pissed off at me." She goes, "You're that's sexist." I go, "Why? Why is it sexist?" <laughs> she goes, not sex. "Why don't you kiss?" She goes, "Why don't you kiss a boy?" I go, "I have kissed a boy. I <laughs> have. Oh, yeah, it was a sketch, a comedy sketch, and I did it on fucking live TV." So don't tell me I'm a I said, <laughs> I said it's not sexist, it's perverted. I, I accused her of I, I accused her of fetish
0: shaming me. But, yeah. but she never but she would tune me up. I out think you have that. I think you have the right attitude about it. Like if it only gives it it only has weight if you give it I weight. never
1: wanted to be edgy or I just wanted to, whatever's funny. Like there's guys who tried to be edgy like and they go, you know, so I'm fucking this retarded girl. And like that yeah. kind of thing. I'm like, what is that even
0: are you just edgy? Well Just be funny. Yeah, if there's if there's no humor, if there's no if there's no so many guys did that funny. But this is how stupid
1: a lot of fucking comics are, they would go he's he's he doesn't care what they think. I'm like, yeah, maybe should care what they think a little bit. No, just care. well, to an extent, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to an extent, but you don't want to fuck. No. That's that whole. He's t- so brave <laughs> to go up there and get no laughs and not be funny, but say things that are disturbing. <laughs> like, I'll say, distur- I have a story about a real suicide attempt, and it gets a laugh because it's true and it's, but it's funny. <laughs> not <laughs> well, my suicide.
0: Yeah, you got to add the jokes. So you were 18. You started stand up at Yuck Yucks in Edmonton. Was that at the West Edmonton Mall? No. Where was that?
1: It was a, called the Point. It was on the uh, east side of Edmonton. It became a strip club after, <laughs> and it's kind of just closed down. But yeah, that was a famous club. Oh, awesome! It's known as like the be- one of the best clubs in North America. Well, There's... I only knew it when they moved to the mall. That was a good one too. It's still—it's a different club now, the Comic Strip, which is great. But the Point was legendary. Like, Amer- LA comics would want to come up because it was like so hot. It's it's such the, a great club. The crowds are so. <laughs> the crowds are so. <laughs> I didn't know. if it weren't for those crowds being so hot and receptive, I probably would have quit because I, I shouldn't have been on stage because I was just a nervous talking head with these weird ideas. I didn't talk about sex when I was a kid or anything. I talked about, I'd break jokes about centaurs and fucking stuff like that. Like, I was talking about the moon landing and all these weird, I, I just had, I was a virgin and I didn't, i never partied, so I had all these weird. <laughs> but that's great because luckily set that, you apart. Yeah. I don't think
0: I had, I didn't even swear on stage till I started touring. <laughs> So you were on M- you said you wrote for MTV um, and did you write for any other television? Yeah. Well, I my resume. <laughs> <laughs> I've
1: written for a lot of things. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Was what cool. was your favorite writing job? MTV,
1: really. Well, we did it me and Darren Jones and a handful of people did I a lot. I remember Darren Jones. Yeah, he's still there. We did a live show every day and that was like I say like our bosses were like they had we were producing all a bunch of shows in that basement like uh or that office eight shows they were all pretty had a, a following they finally turned our show into a comedy show and it was an hour stupid topical kids show And we're not, let's, let's make it a we're doing all this comedy let's make it a half hour comedy show do it four nights a week at six o'clock live and then re-air it at 11 and we would do anything we wanted we'd do live stuff on the streets and we had these talented segment producers fresh out of film school guys who just could do anything you give them half an idea send them out they come back with this brilliant piece and i'm like this is the most fun I've ever had. It was like, oh, awesome. when I'm old, I get to work on the cool show with all the vibrant people and have a... And kid. we'd do it in the Masonic Temple, uh, the concert hall. We'd have crowds every night. Kids going nuts and we'd go on the road and fucking do live shows on the road and crowds would come out in Vancouver and all these places and just... It was like a... It was a hit in a way. It was like a cult hit. Awesome. And people still talk about it. it was That was the most fun because we did anything we wanted and I'd go to work every day going, Hey... I'd be on the phone on on the train going, you know it'd be cool, we'd do this. If we did this today, that'd be fine. Oh, that's all we can do that too. And it's like not like how much am I getting paid today? When do I get to go home? It was more like, oh know what we could do
0: today? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's so, like having uh, yeah, it was fun. this attitude of possibility. So when versus... I was
1: old, I got to work on the cool show, and when I was young, I got to work on the fucking shitty old gay show. I'm, uh, I'm divorced, by the way. Any other uh, divorced people here, tonight? Let's get that going. Right? Yeah. Hey, kids, you like the Avengers? Kids, you like the Avengers? Okay, here's my superpower, by the way. I was able to find the one person on Earth who hates me the most and buy them a house. How about that? <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you. <laughs> How did I do it? What was the shitty... No, vibe it wasn't shit.
1: I was going to say. But the, <laughs> po- the point is, that was a lot of fun. Because, yeah. like I said, our boss, Alex, who was the greatest guy, he was. He just trusted us to put whatever out there. <laughs> he probably got in trouble. He took the heat for us all the time. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: He'd walk by, because he had so much other things to do. He just he trusted yeah. us to put the show together. And he, he'd walk by our desk and go, Hey, guys, what's on the show tonight? And I would go, You're going to love it. And he goes, I know I will. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, he'd, he'd screen stuff, but he'd be like, he's so busy. But he usually let you away with oh whatever. You wouldn't believe, like MTV in the States, MTV's nothing now, it's not even a real, there's nothing on there, but MTV in the States saw what we were doing, like, how do you guys get away with that? Like, why well, do you do that? I don't know. <laughs> was, yeah, why do you yeah. do that stuff?
0: That's awesome. <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't remember a whole lot from that time. Uh, I think Darren and Mr. Moe had a show. Oh, The Buzz, yeah, yeah. Was it, it called The Buzz? Yeah. or Buzz. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Was that one of your shows? No, 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 no. That, that was, was before. That was Darren. And that was when he was a
1: real kid. Yeah, they
0: were quite young then. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He did that. And then he went on. We worked on. Uh, yeah, he won like they won. Uh, he won a Gemini Award for that show. Beat out like this hour and Mercer and all these shows, <laughs> and then started working on Mercer. And then I worked there briefly. Darren quit that show and uh, went to MTV. Then I got hired up with him, and then.
0: Uh, so you're basically. It was a good eight years. You're yeah. You're basically a television writer, that. Not much anymore, but. But but you were you were stand up first, then that, you then, then you went more into of television a TV writer, and then that. And Now I'm back to stand up. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I could. You know what? I think. Oh. But you say you're going after it more aggressively now than yeah, done before. Yeah. I got I got to do it while
1: the while you got while you got time, left. But uh, yeah, so. I, I felt so dumb because like, I could have done both these things aggressively at the same time. There's, like, people who do fucking so many projects, like, this real successful people. Like, God, I'm listening to T.J. Miller on uh, a podcast on the way out here. You know, T.J. Miller. Yeah. He's, like, he's doing stand-up all the time. He's got movies. He's writing. He's got all these things. He's got a hot sauce company. I was, like, I'm like I was, like, ah, got to do my writing job where I do whatever everyone and do stand-up. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> I'm just lazy, man. I'm yeah. not lazy at all, but I'm. I. I, I just. Uh, I just go. Ah, enough's enough. I got this. Well, I do I, I eat that?
2: It's like I, I turned down a writing
1: job because I got when we all got laid off from Bell Media. I had a 52 week. I'm probably the only person to have a 52 week a year writing job. I can't think of anyone I know who's had that for years and years, like with benefits and bonuses. <laughs> just
2: and
1: got like, really like, wow. in the right spot. Yeah. yeah, and so like that went away, but then. I was offered one of the hosts, got me in on the CBC uh, contest show, Canada's smartest person. Okay, yeah. And uh, she wanted me to be her writer, and I was like, I didn't even ask what it paid, because I was still getting paid severance, which I'd never had in my life. I was like, why would I work? I could have done both. <laughs> and I went, ah, I'm getting paid right now, and I'm getting in the process of a divorce, too. So it's too much to think about. So I just went, like, I don't want to do it. So I turned it down. It was like 3500 bucks a week. Yeah. whoops <laughs> right so then I found that out I found this out so then I campaigned for it the next season I got it the next season oh okay. <laughs> so, that's good but I could have done it the first season
0: yeah, so, what,
1: what, what, uh, yeah.
0: So, uh, what, what tell me about tell me about the best stand-up show that you remember ever doing oh good <laughs> last night no I don't <laughs>
1: That's the one. That's the last one I remember. I can't
0: think. I don't know. I don't. Are there any that stand out to you? Like, wow, that was an amazing uh, gig. Hmm. Oh, gig. You mean like, like the, as a gig that you, or that me? You just, that you just felt euphoric about? Like, oh, no, I, I killed. Thing. I did so good, and the crowd was so great. You know, all the things I came. Think, yeah. There's a lot of them. I
1: mean, it, it, it doesn't one because everybody
0: remembers the worst show.
1: Oh, that's yeah. I think about. I I'll have a hundred good shows, and I'll think about the shitty one. I think about the shitty ones all the time. That's all I think about. Yeah. Like, what could I have done? Like, I had one a few weeks ago. Like, a little corporate gig. And they fucking couldn't believe I was a comedian. They were just like, these old trucker guys. They're like, could, they, who brought this guy here? I'm just, I'm just, I'm like, I just I just played a fucking theater with 600 people in it. I play comedy clubs all the time. Do you understand? And, I, and I'm getting, I'm not used to this. I'm getting mad at them. and yeah. It's getting worse. Why don't you get it? I try not to do that. I try not to blame them. But I had to go, what the? Like I'm doing stuff that never bombs and they're just going, yeah, and it's, it's not, it's where I can see their faces. It's not like a, there was no real light on me. So in a banquet room, I can see them just acting like feeling like they think I'm pathetic. And, I'm like, I'm, and you want to go, do you know who I am? Do you know? No, I'm not famous, but I, I
0: know what I'm doing.
1: And, uh, you know, uh, they don't, they don't, you can't, you can't explain it though.
0: No. But do you think that if they'd put anyone in that room, they would have laughed? I was trying to think
1: who could do this. I'm thinking of the yeah. good comics I right know, like if they would have sent so and so or so and so, I'd be like, nah, they would it would have been bad no matter who. Yeah.
0: I, I really can't imagine. It's, <laughs> it's funny it's funny, you destroyed last night and then you think about that one sometimes. Oh yeah, you I thought about I, mean? I was thinking
1: about that. I wasn't thinking about last night. I was thinking about I actually thought about that one today. It's funny. I was thinking about that. And I instead about, of
0: what amazing show you did last night.
1: I was thinking about the guy ripping the mic out of my hand yeah. in Halifax. And how cruel he was to me. And and that's why I won't go there. That's a, that I'm embarrassed to go back and they would have me back. Yeah. But I was like, I didn't like the way I was, they didn't have any concern for me. They weren't like, is he okay? Is he sick? They just were mad. And they didn't ask if I was okay. And I was good. I came, I prepared all day, didn't drink, but I had one Coors Light while I'm looking at my set list and I would have uh, rocked his
0: room and he's, he uh, was cruel. And that's why I won't go there. I always tell people at the comedy club, like, you know, no, I'm a comic, so I get it. So, if you bomb tonight, I don't judge anyone on one show. Ever. All right, let's get some more beers. That's right. <laughs> I, I I just think it's so unfair. Well, that's right, cause, yeah, yeah. because, yeah,
1: there are. Everyone has an off night.
0: But that guy's
1: not a comic. He's a fucking probably worked for some hotel, and he's just like, see something going wrong, and I'm going to yell at this guy.
0: Yeah. And I'm like. You know, Cap mm-hmm. Halifax is only four hours from here. Let's go beat him up.
1: I don't even. I couldn't tell you his name. <laughs> I couldn't pick him out of it. I actually said, you know, like. <laughs> And look, I like to fill weekends, and I would go back there, because the crowds are, the club itself, the crowds are great. I, I've been there, but the thing is, it's not like they're meeting, seeing me for the first time. i would already done it at least two times, yeah. maybe three times, and killed. I mean, like
0: it, it's, I always do well there. Jet lag's a real thing, man. and uh, I, I'm trying to explain, with...
1: if it was just alcohol, I would have at least known my act, and I would have
0: done it slurrily
1: and sloppily, and yeah. unprofessionally, but I would have gotten it out. That's what I was trying to say. It was exhausted. I had no sleep. And I'd been working 13-hour days, which most people do, I guess. But I'm not used to that and flying around. And I was just like, I lost it. Yeah. And they were fucking so cruel that uh, I don't care. They'd have to pay me triple my rate for me to ever do that club. (laughs) Or change the management. Yeah. Then I'd go. Because the crowds are great. And I I actually thought about the uh, crowd who came out. I so felt bad for them. Yeah. Like, shit, because I know they'd like me if I did my real show. Obviously, and I was like, shit. Now they They fucking are angry,
0: and I was like, and also they would like me. And I was some like, some of them were coming to see you specifically. I don't think so, but. but I know you don't think that, but I think people do find favorites. Like, um, we had a comic out here, Mike Gambra who, right. came, who came out. He does very well. Yep. But nobody knew who he was. So like the first show, there's like you know fifty people, twenty people, whatever. And then he came back the next time, and there was like eighty people, a hundred oh, people. So like, when especially in a small town like this, when people find a comic that they found funny, when they see them on the poster again, they're like, "Oh, that's that guy. Yeah, we got to yeah, go back."
1: That happens. Yeah. That yeah happens, I don't get you know. like, ooh, rah, rah. they go,
0: "Oh, that guy." They don't hear. Yeah, they don't know your name. They don't remember Are name. you Are you talking about <laughs> MTV's uh, Rob Ross? <laughs> are you talking about the. Yeah. Well, isn't that that award winning. Didn't he writer? bomb at that trucker retirement <laughs> party? Uh, I don't know if he still got it. He may not have it anymore. He was drinking in Halifax. Oh, I God. Hear.
1: I heard that five years
0: ago. <laughs> he had no sleep. He like, tried to blame exhaustion, but we know he was. One like, time Brett Martin showed up in here and he was coming from Vancouver and his flights were all fucked up and whatever, whatever, right? It was just bad, bad, bad. And he showed up on stage. He could not remember Zach. He literally spritzed for like... no, huh? And first, killed. The first 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, he did okay. <laughs> but the thing was, I knew that he could have done better. But I I also know, Brad, uh, you know, and so I kind of could tell, like, Jesus, like, he's fucking run over. Like, he's tired, you know? So you get that, a couple beer in you, that's yeah, it's not... It's not any uh, kind of wonder, because that has happened to me before. I just get so fucking missed mm. out of it, and then you fr- even forget things. and Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: But, so, who... Do, did you start comedy because you saw, like, David Letterman on TV? Like, what made yeah. you think about stand-up? Uh, stand-up? Why did you...
1: Well, be- yeah, I was a huge Letterman fan, which is funny, because I was list- listening to him on the Mark Maron podcast, and talking about how he started, and... Yeah, that was my dream job when I was a kid, was to be a writer on Letterman. That was my that was all I wanted. I didn't want to be a comic. I didn't want to be Letterman. I, didn't, I just wanted to be, I'd love to write on that show. I think you still could. Uh, he's not, he doesn't have a show. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he's
0: a Netflix show now.
1: No. Oh, yeah. No, but, uh, <laughs> but it, then it, it's funny, just a kid, a 14 or 15-year-old kid saying that, then I just do it. And I go on to actually have three different talk shows that I was like writer or head writer on. So I actually did. I actually accomplished it in my own way, in a small way in Canada. But in some ways, some of it good, some of it bad. But yeah, so I wanted to be Letterman. Not no, sorry, I didn't want to be Letterman. I wanted to be involved in something like that. Yeah, and that's why I thought that's why MTV was fun because we it, it's the first time I had a show where I sort of had me and a handful of guys. We got to put our sense of humor on TV. That's all I wanted.
0: I think you should petition for like uh, Conan or Colbert. I mean,
1: yeah, I know the. I, I think I know. I think Barry Gillian's still the head writer there. He's uh, a friend of mine.
0: On so Colbert. Yeah, there you go. I, I don't want to bother him. Yeah, say, I want to be part of Team Coco. Here's my resume.
1: Oh, no, I know Levi. You're right. See, this is the thing. I have, I have connections to everything. I don't use them. I've never asked anyone for anything. I get that. And uh, I, I, I do, too. I'm friends with Brent, Butt. I don't go, hey, Brent, I want to write for your animated show. Or, hey, Barry, you're, I know you like me. I, I want to send a package. I should do all these things. I know. I just, I, I'm too embarrassed to do it. I could contact Levi, probably. He'd tell me what to do. Uh, Barry would tell me what to do. Um, uh, you know, Brent would say, send something. In. Uh, do you know when corner gas was new, David Story, who's like the co-creator phoned me and left a message on my machine and said, uh, you interested in, um, I don't know if Brent told him about me because I'd never met the guy, but, um, he's like, we are looking for story editors. If you want to send something in, uh, yeah, we'll to talk to you about it. And I didn't return the phone call because I didn't know what to send. I don't know. What do I have? What would I send? I didn't have a
0: spec script written like a lot of people do. And, uh, at the time. And uh, I just ignored it. Yeah, but are you really interested? Like, uh, you know, or just organically? Like, is your heart in it anymore? As far as writing, like, just for like 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 for produce stuff, like shows, like yeah, I'd like
1: to do something. You know, but um, sure, I'd like to do something. But I don't think it's like a corner gas style show or like a whatever, like a sitcom thing. I I, I would something original. I I don't know. I wish I could make, I wish, honestly, yeah, I would like to not do, (laughs) I'd like to be paid more to do stand-up comedy and just do that.
0: Yeah, that'd be amazing.
1: I'm, I'm getting about as much as you can get right now, and it's still, it's okay, but it's not, I wish it was
2: more.